Kia ora and welcome to Jules from NZ, a weekly podcast chocker with all things Aotearoa New Zealand and some about me, Jules. Cheer. Treasures from the vault. So probably one of the first times you've met New Zealand has been on the rugby stage where our anthem was sung loudly and proudly. You know, as Kiwis, we all know it really well, or we think we do anyway. Because what I have to say today about our national anthem might actually surprise a few Kiwis too. So our anthem didn't pop into being just as it is fully formed and ready to go. It's actually been kind of a like a six-step process, I guess you could say. It started out with Thomas Bracken. He's an Irish-born lad and he settled in Dunedin and he wrote a sweet poem in the 1870s. You know, it was five stanzas long, which might surprise some Kiwis too, to hear that it's a lot longer than what we actually sing. Um, And that original documentation has been around forever and is still in some museum somewhere, so that's pretty cool. Um, But it started off as a poem. And then in 1876, they ran a competition, basically, um, to make this here Bracken's poem into a song. So some bloke born in Tasmania, and he's living in Lawrence, New Zealand, he heard about the competition the day before, and he just, like, banged it out in one night, in one go, you know, just one take, just you know, sorted. And then he hopped on a horse or something or whatever and did the trip to Dunedin, which would take us about an hour by car today. And he just performed that day. Three dudes from Melbourne said that one was the best. And, you know, off we go. I mean, it's just so Kiwi, you know, just a real, she'll be right, you know, like attitude to it. Oh, I've heard about some competition, mate. Oh, when is it? Oh, tomorrow. Oh, shit, mate might be a bit late nah mate I'll give it a go and then just kind of wins it it just cracks me up so much that that's how it happened um and that's how in 1876 John Joseph Woods won himself 10 guineas and a place in Kiwiana history and then two years later in 1978 Māori lyrics were actually written by Thomas Henry Smith because we're a little bit slow on this kind of stuff. I mean, we do try, but we did should have really probably done it back then, thought about it maybe a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. I mean, it's, it's close, right? <laughs> um, and it also might surprise you to know that the Māori lyrics are basically nothing like the English lyrics. In fact, I kind of like the Māori lyrics better almost. Um, they're a little more simplified, a little more clear message. I don't know, like without all the flowery language, it's a little bit more beautiful. So um, yeah, maybe I'll talk about that a little more uh, later. But yeah, good stuff, Thomas Smith. But... So that's like three different steps, right? But that's still not our national anthem. Um, In fact, it might actually surprise a lot of Kiwis too to find out that that was, is not, and was not actually our only national anthem. 
uh, in fact, as a member of the Commonwealth and recognizing the Queen as our rightful ruler, right, our national anthem was back then and actually to this day still is God Save the Queen. And after Garth Henry Latter wrote a note to Parliament in 1976, a long time after we turned it into a song, asking if we could have it installed as our song, you know, we went to Mum with cap in hand to ask permission, basically. And with old Liz's permission, on the 21st of November 1977, God Defend New Zealand was installed on equal footing as the Queen's own tune. So that's pretty neat. We actually have two national anthems. And one of them, I have literally no idea how it goes. I mean, I should. I hear it sung all the time over in England, but I have no idea because I'm just so damn proud of God Defend New Zealand. I think it's awesome. So anyway, we have our song. We're allowed to sing it now. It's a thing. So what's the fifth and sixth part? Well, the fifth part of the process is when... Well, I mean, Woods wrote the tune, right? Bless him. But he wrote it in A-flat major. It's kind of more designed for choral singing than rousing stadium pride sing-alongs, you know? So along comes Maxwell Fernie, who had a major part in this when they changed it to G major, saving our throats and your ears undoubtedly forever. Thank you. <laughs> and last but not least, originally... The, only the English version was sung. And in 1999, well too late for us to even be, not have had this already, at the Rugby World Cup, causing great debate, only the Māori version was sung, which was incredible. And the whole country was kind of in crazy uproar about it. And then we were just like, actually, why don't we? sing the Māori version it is kind of weird that we don't sing the Māori version when we have lyrics for the Māori version and it's beautiful so why wouldn't we do it so now we sing both the Māori version first verse usually comes first and then the English first verse comes second so we technically sing the first verse twice and then we just kind of miss the other four verses so that's fun. Um, <laughs> like, I I mean, I guess nobody wants to sit down and sing a song that's that long, right? You know, we're talking sort of Romeo and Juliet by Dire Straits. It sort of keeps going. Beautiful song, but sort of keeps going, you know, and it's kind of the samey-samey. So I think we can probably assume that it's, you know, it's all good. Um, all right, so it's time to sort of tell you about the song, I guess, now. Um, what we're going to do is I'm going to, break down the um the words uh of the English version so that you can kind of uh see what we're singing about I guess because you may have heard us go but never actually knew what the words are that we're singing so I'm gonna tell you the words and then I'm gonna tell you a little bit about what it means I guess um here uh, to us Kiwis so first line god of nations at thy feet. Basically, we're saying here, huh, excuse me, um, <clears throat> uh, down here, yep, that's us, way down at the bottom of the damn world, yep, sup. Yeah, so in the, 
in the bonds of love we meet. I guess this one's saying that we're really into bondage here in New Zealand. I didn't know they were into bondage way back then, but I, I mean, that's really all I can think of that that line would mean. Hear our voices, we entreat. You know, we, we're talking about we may, be, we may be little, we may be small, we may be way away from everybody else, but our voice is mighty and we love to talk about ourselves. I mean, just look at what I'm up to right now, right? God defend our free land. Well, I mean, free is a relative term. I mean, let's not talk Treaty of Waitangi this early in the podcast, but I'm going to have to at some point. And I mean, we're a free people for sure, but buying land is bloody expensive. So I think labeling it as free land is just kind of false representation, you know. Guard Pacific's triple star. You know, it's interesting. Nobody actually really knows what on earth Bracken is referring to here. Did he just kind of miscount how many stars are in the Southern Cross that adorns our sky? It's four, dumbass, and six if you count the two pointers pointing at the Southern Cross. And only New Zealand would need a pointer star to identify a constellation that acts as a compass guide. Don't get me started on that. That's just screwed up. Or is it that he thought that we're made up of three islands? Well, it's generally true if you kind of look at the squiggly sort of map that makes up our borders, but New Zealand is actually made up of an estimated 600 islands, all remnants of the larger landmass now underwater. But I guess Guard Pacific 600-ish star doesn't have quite the same ring to it, does it? And actually, there were three stars on, and I'm going to mangle this really badly, and I hate mangling words, but um, there were three stars on the flag of Te Kuti, uh, who was a Māori political and religious leader of the 19th century. Um, super contentious and um, lots of raids and, you know, like... Yeah, lots of warring, basically. Um, so he's he had three stars on his kind of flag. So maybe it's in reference to that, which is kind of interesting. Um, but also there are three stars that make up the logo on the New Zealand beer called Spates. And there is some talk that the three stars on their logo is the three stars referred to here so maybe I'll look into that in another episode and see whether that's true anyway what was I doing oh yeah I was talking about the anthem from the shafts of strife and war this one's pretty easy it's basically don't shaft us mate you know maker praises heard afar Again, that whole talking about ourselves thing, it's so important that we had to say it twice. Us Kiwis like to be heard of, but not actually for each other to be famous, though. Tall poppy syndrome, you heard of it? We're all great, mate. But if you stick your head up too far, you're liable to get chopped off at the knees, mate, to join us back down here at our level. <laughs> We're shockers for it. Uh, so supportive of the country as a whole terrible when it comes to somebody doing really well <laughs> talk about that more later too god defend new zealand if you exist and if it's not too much trouble we really don't like to bother people too much 
<laughs> I'm um I'm not actually going to go through all five verses of the song, but there are some notable and other interesting lines from the other verses that make me think that Bracken may have also been somewhat of a fortune teller, you know? Like, make our country good and great. It sounds so familiar. I mean, where have I heard that before? I just can't put my finger on it. (laughs) Well, this one. Lord of battles in thy might, put our enemies to flight. Let our cause be just and right. How did he know Lord of the Rings would be filmed here? You know, back then, Tolkien wasn't even writing it. It wasn't even published until 1937. So how did he know? Or like this one. Guide her in the nation's van, preaching love and truth to man. So in the 1870s, hippies and vans were already a thing? That's crazy, man. (laughs) Okay, enough, enough being silly with the national anthem. I actually love our national anthem. And whenever it is sung, I stand out and I belt it with pride. And I think it's time... I do exactly that. Oh, before I do that, actually, I realise I talked to you guys about what the Māori lyrics mean, um, or didn't tell you what they mean. I told you that they were different from the English lyrics, so I think I should tell you what the Māori lyrics are so you can compare them to the English ones that I just told you about. So the Māori lyrics actually mean, Oh Lord, God, of all people, listen to us, cherish us, may good flourish, may your blessings flow, Defend Aotearoa. Alright, so now I'm going to give a go to singing it. And forgive my terrible pronunciation if I stuff it up. Me aroha Kia ua ko te pai Kia tautaua te whai Mana ki te amai Te aroha God of nations at thy feet In the bonds of love we meet Hear our voices we entreat God defend our free land God pacifics triple star from the shafts of strife and war Make her praises heard afar God defend New Zealand Yeah, something like that <laughs> News Nuggets. So this week I want to talk to you about the live-in escapees. 
You can almost hear the Benny Hill music playing out in the background of this whole shenanigans. So four convicted um, men, uh, they were in court facing a variety of violence and driving charges and stuff, uh, were being escorted to the prisoner transport vehicle by um, two guards and in no handcuffs. Uh, And I guess the guards just expected them to just sort of, you know, please get in the van and they would just go, of course, and everything would be fine. But instead, one of them tackled the guards. Uh, One of them hit the garage door opener. Yep, garage door opener. Uh, And the door started rolling up and three of them escaped, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, to me especially when you throw in the fact that one of them has actually been known to um, try to escape from prison before Uh, so you really think they would have been high on their list of things to check for Um, but no Uh, and it kind of gets better like two of them have been found but the third one actually still hasn't Um, and you know part of me is like obviously he's convicted he should probably be in prison like that would probably be better for everybody if he was but the other part of me is like that weird kind of kiwi in me that's always rooting for the underdog and I'm like run run bro run (laughs) you know like in a weird kind of way I sort of am hoping he escapes and then doesn't do anything bad ever again and then kind of gets away with it like you know hunt for the wilder people kind of situation but in real life so Yeah, welcome to New Zealand where we don't transport our prisoners with handcuffs or do anything when they tackle us um, and keep our ways of escape really visible. Yep, we're a great country. Just time to shine. So what's been going on in my week? Well, I mean, I've been starting this, which has been really exciting, actually. And I've already had like a bunch more listens than I thought I would, because mainly I just thought it'd be Joey. Um, So that's exciting. Um, And um, it's it's just been really fun um, planning for all the amazing things I want to tell you about New Zealand. So I'm, I'm just really excited and I just couldn't fit enough things in this episode. But um, it means that it's I've got lots to share, so that's cool. Uh, it was Father's Day um, this week here in New Zealand and uh, we had dinner with my dad and played some card games and stuff, um, which was pretty awesome because uh, he was off skiing up the mountain uh, for the morning, so couldn't do the traditional breakfast or brunch or whatever it is that people do these days. But uh, we really appreciate my dad. Um, we lost my mum a few years ago and my dad has just stepped in to be both and to be more uh, than we could have ever thought he would do when he'd lost something pretty precious to him as well he just puts us first all the time and he's just such an amazing man so happy father's day to my dad conrad bergeser who is just the bee's freaking knees really he is a beaut dad yep cheers dude you're awesome you guys ever spent much time with rainbow lorikeets because i did this week i went around to a mate's place and she was babysitting two rainbow lorikeets and they're like free range 
birds, I guess you would call them. They lit out of the cage and they just go crazy around the house and stuff. One of them got his wings clipped and he could only hop around, so you had to pick him up to put him back on the table and he'd just sit there and squawk at you until you did that. So, you know, it was a lot of learning for Jules as to what I was supposed to do um, in these situations when I have a bird pecking at my foot, squawking at me. So that was fun. Um they're amazing. They're like incredible birds and stuff. And my friend is just so great with them. It was really cool uh, watching her. But I don't know how much you know about like birds and their behavior and stuff, but they um, they like apparently to clean um, teeth. Yep. Not like their teeth because obviously birds don't have any teeth. I mean, like some birds in RPG have tons of teeth and that's terrifying but like these particular birds don't have like normal teeth they have beaks and tongues and they like to use those beaks and tongues to clean our teeth and that's really something to get your head around um, especially when you look up from your particularly delicious Indian food that the birds are trying to either steal or poo in um, and you've got to defend from both to see your friend sitting there getting her teeth cleaned by a bird um yep it was a it was a it was a moment to process and she giggled about it when she saw my face and she was like yeah I know it's kind of weird um but it's harmless it doesn't really affect anything they like doing it keeps them quiet for a bit and I just go brush my teeth afterwards it's not really a big deal and I was like well you're right it's not really I'm sure it's actually quite natural behavior in the animal kingdom you know there's lots of examples of it like those birds who clean the alligators or crocodiles teeth or whatever and the crocodile doesn't eat them so I guess that's you know basically what's happening there right are we the predator in this situation that's not eating the bird I guess so so when one of the parrots sat on my shoulder and pecked my face until I opened my lips and uh, bared my teeth at the bird I decided you know what when in Rome and I have this policy that I'll try things once and if I don't like it, I never have to do it again, right? But if you don't try it, you can't really knock it because that's really not fair to people who have tried it and do enjoy it, I guess. Or maybe you can just complain about it with like more description. Um, So that's pretty much what I'm doing now because I can't say that I would ever do that again. It was the strangest feeling in the entire world, having a bird's beak kind of oh, try and pull grit out of between my teeth like some kind of weird unprofessional dentist. And then instead of like cleaning my teeth with like the minty stuff that the dentists give you, just kind of wiping it with its tongue. Oh, blah, blah, blah. I just honestly, guys... it's it's not it's not great I had to use a lot of mouthwash and a lot of toothpaste uh to get rid of the taste of it so let me just save you um from having to do that yourself it's not a good time don't if a bird's picking you on the face until you open your mouth maybe just put it back in the cage instead tips from Jules (laughs) who knew it was going to be so educational Jules Gems. So Jules Gems is a small section where 
basically I'm going to put all of the amazing people who call in after each episode because to me they are sparkly sparkly treasury gems um, and they just make my life so bright and shiny so you're all my gems and thank you very much and we're going to start off today with Colin. Hi Jules, Colin here aka Spike Pit. I've got an RPG podcast on Anchor and I think it's one of the best things I've done in a long while. Congratulations to you for getting your first episode out. Heard about it listening into uh, Joe's podcast, Hindsightless. My knowledge of New Zealand is most limited. I, well, my, my chief connection is purchasing merino wool at high cost. <laughs> um, it's my clothing of choice for working. I use icebreaker and for my outer layers, I go for the trusty swan dry. Beyond that, Lord of the Rings. And that's about it. I look forward to hearing all about your country in your upcoming episodes. Great luck and good to have you with us. Hey, Colin. Thanks for the welcome. Okay, so Merino Wool... Icebreaker and Swan Dries and Lord of the Rings, they've all just made the list of things I'm going to cover. I love hearing about the ways people connect to New Zealand. It's just so amazing and so fun. Very cool. So I hope that in the podcast as it goes, there's something for you to enjoy. Thanks for your call in. And next, I have Spencer. Hey, Jules. Uh, Spencer here. Uh of keep off the borderlands i just gotta say amazing first episode i'm a huge fan of new zealand i spent a best part of a year out there back in 97 98 um and uh yeah just saw as much of the country as i could and it is amazing it's like somebody took all the best bits of the world and just shoved them all together I'm, I live in the Scottish Highlands now, so, you know, sometimes if I look in the right direction, I can kind of pretend I'm back in New Zealand. But, um, yes, very envious. Uh, you guys seem to have it all figured out down there, and um, it's good to hear that you also appreciate that. Take care. Looking forward to the next episode. Aw, thanks, Spencer. Thanks so much for being enthusiastic about my first terrible episode. Um, That's really nice. Um, Yeah, when I was in Scotland in 2015, I kind of squinted and sort of saw New Zealand, so I totally get what you're talking about. Although Scotland is crazy beautiful um, and I definitely need to go back because I did not see anywhere enough of it or drink enough of its amazing whiskey. So... uh, I definitely want to go back one day. Yes, but anyway, um, I really hope I don't dispel your faith in New Zealand having everything sorted by revealing its crazy underbelly in this podcast. Um, Hang in there. We do have lots of things sorted, but definitely not everything. Next up is Jeff. Hey, Jules. It's Jeff. What a great start to your podcast. Um, I'm really enjoying it. 
I really like uh, the fact that you talked about uh, family as a concept and language in New Zealand and that it's different or that it has a special word. And I think that's super cool. I also really enjoyed uh, the bit about the speaker uh, feeding a baby in the house. I did see that picture. It went viral enough that uh, that we did see it here in America a bit. And I thought when I looked at it that... Um, it really made a statement that said that um, he's a human being and, um, you know, he has a family. Our politicians here in the U.S. seem fairly, I don't know, soulless or inhuman sometimes, and we forget that they are people too. So, great start, and I'm looking forward to your next episode. No, Jeff, stop it, you charmer, you. <laughs> it's cool to hear that you hear about New Zealand from where you are you know sometimes I feel like we're so small and we're so far away from everybody that surely our stupid news can't get anywhere other than New Zealand but it's kind of cool that you heard about it and it is easy to forget that politicians are people too um, especially when you feel like they're controlled by the devil or something but um, no we have some pretty good ones over here Jacinda our positive shining light is doing pretty good um, we're, pr- we're proud of her and you bring up um, a good opportunity for me to correct myself, actually. Uh, far now is the correct way to say that. Family in Māori, far now. Um, my sister corrected me. My terrible pronunciation, you'll have to forgive me as I try and not mangle the Māori language too much. Next up is the amazing and authentic Joey. Hey, Jules. It's Joe from Hindsight List, and I am just... I can't even begin to express how happy I am that you are recording and making an amazing, awesome podcast. I can't wait to learn more about New Zealand because it just sounds like the best place. And hearing you talk about it just makes me so happy inside and it will make everyone else happy as well. So good luck to you. You're awesome. And... I am just over the moon that you are here. All right. Have a wonderful day. Peace out. Oh, I'm going to cry. Joey, you're just such a freaking sweetie, but you're also such a crack up. You can't call it awesome yet. Wait a few episodes. It might suck. You know, <laughs> you got to give it time. But I just have, after all of that love and support and welcome to me and this crazy project I'm on, I'm just so overwhelmed um, and just have so much thank you and so much love in my heart right now that I can't express it properly. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to let Stan Walker, one of New Zealand's musicians, uh, say it for me for those of you who are listening on Anchor. You'll hear a quick clip of uh, Stan's song, Thank You, um, which he just does a better job of expressing. So for those of you who can't listen to the clip, I advise you to go look it up. And in fact, I even have created a Spotify playlist. If you look up Jules from NZ, you'll get both the podcast and the playlist I'm creating with some pretty wicked New Zealand music you should definitely sink your teeth into. So... So much love and leave you with the words from the man. And I will be back again next week to do this all over again because I'm having a blast. Love you. Aroha nui.